to right field, way up there, and way out of here! Second deck walk-off home run! Grand slam, Bryce Harper! This is Basic Ball 4. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Base Hit Ball 4. My name is Glenn Zinegris, alongside Alex Cashman, who's laughing, Tyler Bumasek, who's also laughing and not laughing at me, is Scott Roswald. This is the first episode where we actually get to talk about baseball as we're a week in to the regular season, and already a week in, we have our first hiccup because of the coronavirus. Obviously, the big news out of baseball this opening week is the Marlins, basically half their team, getting diagnosed with the coronavirus. They were playing in Philadelphia. The rumor is, and this actually kind of made me laugh. It shouldn't because it's serious. The rumor is when they play their exhibition games in Atlanta, instead of going to the hotel after the game, they all went to a strip club. Now, this is not confirmed, but this is just the rumor going around on social media. So they got it from being at a strip club, and now it affects the Yankees, the Orioles, the Phillies, who they just played, and it shuffles around the entire schedule basically for a bunch of teams and this is the exact kind of thing that major league baseball didn't want because now the yankees need to change their schedule to play the orioles the phillies need to quarantine until friday who knows who or when the marlins are going to play they have to change their entire roster basically so it's it's just not what you want if you're rob manfred in major league baseball all right i'm going to start with this um because glenn i think that a lot of people and I think including yourself, have fallen into the media trap. What's the media uh, trap? Which is that this is a disaster and everything's spiraling out of control. But in reality, do you have think it. That, do you think that? Because I literally just said it before we went on the air. I do. Okay. Yeah. That's um, where you got the idea from. Okay. But I, I truly believe everything's okay. Just take a deep breath. You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. This had to have been expected at some point. Uh, it happened early, but it's contained for the most part. I think what MLB has done is pretty good, actually. You know, it's only been so far, knock on wood, uh, been one team. You know, the Phillies, who had just played the Marlins very poorly, might I add. Sorry, Scott. Um, did not catch it. They didn't get it. So it's been contained with one team. Well, not yet. We don't know what future tests can well, As they came now, out and they came out and said that tested. They said that sixty four hundred tests since last or since Friday that were administered, zero came back positive. So, I, I feel like that's that's promising. certainly good news. But that doesn't to say, that's not to say that seven days from now, that's when the positive tests might arise from this for the Phillies. So they're not. I don't out understand of the that. Yet. They already well, got they already got negative tests back. Yeah. Well, based off what we know about the virus so far, I mean, I feel like. It would be in their system at least. It doesn't take yeah. time to materialize. But I read. I read. But I read it could take up to fourteen days for the positive test. And I read that Nutella it. gives you peanut butter, but I mean Nutella gives you cancer. But at the what end of the day, that? I just totally botched my. <laughs> the hell was kind. Of... My point is that not everything you read is true. Uh. All right. So at the end of the day, MLB has done a good job. It's been contained in the Marlins organization. Uh, hopefully everyone comes out okay with it, uh, from it, and uh, we can continue on. But when you have a season like this and you're not in a bubble like the MLB is, um, you have to expect some things are going to be switched around. 
And this is one of those things. And, you know, they're adjusting on the fly. And the Yankees and the Orioles and the Phillies are all going to adjust and play ball whenever they're told to. Whenever they're told it's safe to play ball, they're going to play ball. Now, this – little... this... go, go ahead, ahead. Ty. I'm well, just going to say – affects... <laughs> the classic zoom delay no i was just gonna say that like i'm i'm just a little surprised at the way that the mlb is handling this because like we took how many episodes three four episodes just like bagging on rob manfred when this little kind of switcheroo houdini act that he's pulling like as in today i mean when you guys are going to be listening to this the yankees are playing baltimore when they weren't even on the schedule to begin with so to be able to pull these strings and maneuver the schedule the way they're doing, like I, I think this is a good thing. I think it's going to be able to kind of be sustainable throughout the year. Obviously, now it's still early and you have games to shuffle around. As this, ha- If this ha- should happen again later in the season, I don't know how they're going to handle that. So that's going to be another test in itself. But as of now, I think they're doing a great job. Um, as, as much as I don't want to give Rob Manfred credit, I think that this is a good thing. So. Now, Scott, this directly impacted the Phillies more than it did the Yankees. So how did you feel when this first came out and with the idea that maybe your favorite team and your favorite players could have contracted it? Yeah, when it first uh, came out, it was definitely a concern. I thought, you know, more Phillies would uh, come down with positive test results. But so far, so good. They're in you know, the clear. Nothing's come back, which is good for them to be able to get back to baseball on Friday. But it makes the two losses that they had against the Marlins this past weekend look even worse. They lost to arguably one of the worst teams in baseball when half their team was sick and could, you know, they have this virus going around. It makes them look a lot worse. It was a frustrating weekend for me watching baseball outside of Saturday's win. Friday night was terrible after Aaron Nola came out of the game because. The Phillies have no bullpen, no bullpen whatsoever, which is another issue that we could discuss. Um, and then Sunday, they get out to a 4 nothing lead against the Marlins, who their starting pitcher for that day, Jose Urania, who's one of their better pitchers, came. the positive test came out, and you know he got scratched. Um, they jump out to a 4 nothing lead, and then they blew that game and lost. I forget what the final score was, but it wasn't. It was a terrible 11, loss blowing six. that game. 11-6. Yeah, I tried to block it out of my mind real quick because it was awful. Uh, so concerns there for the Phillies baseball team as a playing baseball-wise, but, you know, positive to hear that no one got sick and they're in the clear for that. There's a thing I kind of wanted to bring up because we knew before – the final game of the series on Sunday, that four to six, I don't remember the exact number, four to six Marlins had Corona. And then they played the game anyway, knowing that information. And then the next day after that, that's when it blew up and half the Marlins got tested, got a positive test. And then we freaked out because what if the Phillies all have positive tests now too? So knowing on Sunday morning that six Marlins had the virus and then still playing that game anyway, that that seems irresponsible to me, and that's my big problem with yeah, what happens. Where's, where's the I leadership? I don't. Um, I don't. Apparently, agree. the Marlins voted to play, or the Phillies voted to go on with. Like, I saw that Don Madden didn't, didn't make sense. Left it up to the players, and he said we, it shouldn't we be up to the it. players because obviously He's, the players are going to want to play. It, somebody in the front office of Major League Baseball with six coronavirus players on the team in the locker room at the stadium. That could affect hundreds that are in the ballpark. You can't play that game. 
Absolutely. You know, they're looking they're, back at it at this point. Yeah. They lucked out ahead, so guys. far with the Phillies not getting a positive test, but it could have been a disaster. The measures they put in place in MLB this season are for this reason, though. You know, this is why they want all players sitting six feet apart from each other. This is why they don't want anyone touching each other. This is why they want people wearing masks. And I get that it's really hard to do. And to be honest with you, if I'm on the Braves or if I'm on the Yankees or I'm on the Phillies or whatever, if I'm a professional baseball player, I'm not probably wearing a mask. I'm probably going to wear, give my teammate a high five if he goes deep. And that's just what it is. But that's why they say these things for, for this exact reason. They don't want it spreading. So what MLB did was good. But the problem is the rules are implemented, but they're obviously not enforcing that because we're seeing spitting. We're seeing high fives. We're not seeing social. They're all in. You can't put that in the league. Let me let me ask you a question. You need to suspend people. But let me ask you a question. You're going to suspend some of the best players in the league for for spitting. Why have rules of social distancing in place if you're not going to enforce them and bring down for this reason? They don't do it. It's for this reason. And exactly, but they're not doing anything. Let, let me ask you a question, though. Like, I, I'm not going to take a definitive definitive side one way or the other, but the Marlins had positive coronavirus running through their system. They're going about playing baseball the way that they've been playing baseball their whole life, high fives, handshakes, spitting, whatever it is, playing baseball. They played the game against the Phillies, but now there are no positive tests for the Phillies. So clearly – there's well, not thank, that much thank of a God, risk. Wait, thank God that the Phillies didn't get any positives, but the Marlins' positive test doubled. No, I completely agree with that. It went from 6 to 15. But that's so not obvious, from spitting obvious, in high fives. I think that's got to be from well, something they, behind the scenes. Well, then there, it's, there, it's, there comes the strip club well, rumor. Well, yeah, out. there's the issue. Whether or not that strip club rule is, our story is real, Jorge Alfaro, I'm pretty sure Jorge Alfaro is like patient zero for them got on a plane with them and traveled to Philadelphia. The issue is that yeah. they, had, they had it in the organization when they left Atlanta mm-hmm. and they still got on a plane and flew to Philadelphia for that's a, what that's a three hour flight probably. Yeah. So and then they take yeah. the bus to the hotel. Yeah. They're all in the You're same the hotel, hotel together. Yeah. They take the bus from the hotel to the ballpark. They're changing in the same locker room and they're playing in the same field and sitting in the same dugout. So obviously something's going to happen and more people are going to get the virus. So well, if we're going to sit here and start condemning people, I, I think the correct team or organization or group of people to condemn here is the Marlins leadership. It's not yeah, the league. Absolutely, it's nothing. Absolutely. It's nothing more than that because it's all in the Marlins. It, it's they handled it so poorly. Like back to what Glenn said before, you, you probably should not have played that game. And like you said, again, thank God the Phillies did not get tested positive. Now, look, I have my, I have my uh, skeptical thoughts about the testing process and the false positives and the false negatives and everything. But just taking precautions and just uh, ha- taking an abundance of caution under the premise of protecting the entire league and your, for- and your opponents and just basically having respect for the league as a whole, you, you just you got to do better than that. And, like, having Don Mattingly be the face of this coronavirus outbreak for the Marlins for about, I would say 10 hours. What was it? Two days ago, three days ago, whenever it was is wrong. And the MLB took a long time to even come out and address that. Like, albeit it was the first issue that they had, but I, I don't know. 
just having Mattingly say the things that he did is just not a good look for the Marlins. Don't, don't you think it shouldn't be Mattingly's responsibility to have his players vote on playing that game? Shouldn't it be Manfred stepping in saying there's six players? I have a positive question testing. then. You're not playing on Sunday. I have a question. What's the role of the manager then? No, that, that's, above manage the game. that's above his uh, pay grade. That's above his pay grade. That's an ownership decision. So that this is where Derek Jeter comes into place having a conversation mm-hmm. with Manfred. I also think Don Mattingly did a terrible job. I think mm-hmm. he threw his players under the bus. He's, he went out and said the players had a group chat and they deferred to Miguel Rojas, their starting shortstop, who has been around for a while. He's, he's, Don Mattingly said he's their quote-unquote you know, captain, leader of this team, and they deferred to Miguel's decision to play that game. He threw his players under the bus. Yeah, I, look, I don't know. I mean, we're going to see the, the downfall of this or – lack of a downfall from this in the coming days, but I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens, how far this actually goes. It's interesting to see because now a whole conversation's come up as can every team play 60 games? And if they can't, do you go by winning percentage in order to make the play? It just just made this whole spiral of just questions and doubts about this MLB season. These are and, questions that should have been answered before the season started. And, and, who does that, and who does that fall on? Well, that's on MLB. Okay. That's on Rob Manfred. Mm-hmm. That these are questions that the fact that they really, that it was thought that we could go through the season without something like this happening is blasphemous to me. It's a big word, but it's blasphemous to me. You have to assume, even if, even if it didn't happen, you have to play it safe and say, okay, we have to be prepared of if a team does come down with it, what happens? You know, wasn't, we there a there, wasn't there like a 150-page document written about things like this? I don't know. But what I'm saying I'm is sure, – I'm sure they're following it because they had a fairly quick response to it and restructured. The Marlins are now postponed until yeah, Sunday. Yeah, listen, they could On have the a plan part, I think they're doing fine. They could have a plan in place that we just don't know yet, which would be fine. Are they doing? Be, are they Tyler? Let me ask you: Are they doing fine, or did they luck out that the Phillies? That's up for debate, and I don't think we necessarily have to pin. We don't know how the, the we don't know anybody. how this virus travels. We don't know if you could travel from a baseball from one hand to another. We don't we don't know that. So we're speculating that that um, that the Phillies got lucky, or that we got lucky if nobody on the Phillies got it. But in reality, if it wasn't safe to play the league wouldn't have started. They started four months later than they already should have. Um, there's, they're operating on a 60-game schedule instead of 162 games. There's obviously a lot of thought that goes into everything, and I think that if it wasn't safe to play between two teams with the chances of, of getting it every single night, it wouldn't happen. But I don't think it was safe on Sunday to play because before the game, we knew six I'm, people got Okay, Sunday's a different story. I'm talking about in general. But there has to be – they have to have thought of the possibility of it traveling from one team to another. And if they thought it was that likely that it would happen, it wouldn't have had a season. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, you don't come in contact with the opposing players, especially now. Like, what, what is – what are the true odds that you sliding back into first base, you're going to spread the virus to the first baseman, or you sliding into second base is going to spread the virus to shortstop? Like, I, it could. I don't know. Yeah, but what are the odds? And even if you spit on dirt, you immediately take your cleat and you brush it right over. Like what? You don't go and like stick your mouth in the dirt. Like I, 
it's just so unlikely, and I don't think we have to sit here and play the blame I, game I for 20 I don't know. minutes. I don't want to get. I don't want to get into a political debate about what how the virus is spread and how. No, I wouldn't call it political. I was just saying, like, I, we don't know, and like, I, we don't need. To, we don't have to sit here and just play the blame game. I guess we. I'm personally happy we have baseball back. I am grateful for whatever we get. No, to watch for sure. On TV, I 100% agree with you, and I'm happy that you know we have we have games to talk about later on in the show. But it's not a good sign that it only took one series for something to pop up like this, in my opinion. Now, it might have been just like a blip on the radar screen and the rest of the season could very well just go off without a hitch and no other team can have a spread like this. But at the same time, it also could happen again because these players are so close together all the time. So It's possible. Who knows? I mean, it seems if this rumor is true about this strip club, then it's on the Marlins and they need to do a better job and they need to go to the hotel, to the field and back and not do anything else. Uh, that's what all the teams should do. But it, it falls on a bunch of people. I think Sunday's game falls on Major League Baseball for not stepping in and stopping it. it fall, I think the, it falls on Mattingly for not. Um, oh, it's everyone's making, fault, but Jeter's. The owner. What do you mean? Uh, he gets this has nothing to do with the league. I'm sure he gets – what do you mean it has nothing to do with the league? If – how th- – this right, – I really don't want to talk about this anymore. I, th- I want to talk about the games that were played this week. Um, but all I'm going to say is if they knew, the Marlins have to step it up on their own. Do you think – if you think it was – so you think it was okay for the game to be played Sunday knowing that morning no. that there were six players? Say, what are you saying? No, I'm saying it's the Marlins' fault, not the league. But the league knew that there were six players uh, I, on the whatever. Marlins – uh, we don't that have had a positive details. test, and Manfred could easily say you're not playing. You know what? Whatever. It's fine. It, it happened. So. I just want to talk about baseball. We, don't, we, can, we can. We're not doctors. Let's just talk about baseball. So, the season started off on Thursday. Um, the Yankees took two out of three from Washington, and then we briefly touched upon it. The Phillies lost two out of three to the Marlins. Um, it, it, was, it felt like baseball to me. I mean, there was no crowds. Um, they had pumped in noise, but when you get past that kind of awkwardness by the third inning, it seems like you're watching an actual baseball game and it doesn't really seem like anything's different. I don't know if you guys have the same feeling. It was definitely uh, an adjustment. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the crowd noise to start. It grew on me. You kind of, kind of zone out on it. I don't, didn't really focus on it. The one thing that really bothers me, I don't know why, is I hate the cardboard cutouts in the stance. I'm fine with just the seats being empty. I understand what's going on. Um, I don't know. That's the one thing that, you know, uh, felt weird. But, you know, Thursday night, Yankees-Nationals, great game. Um, And then going into the Dodgers-Giants game, it was a little bit slower of a game on Thursday night, but picked up and uh, ended up being a big win for the Dodgers. But, it was just awesome having baseball back this weekend, watching multiple games, just kind of going from the one one game to the next. Uh, it's it's definitely weird, but it's it's baseball for me. So now, Scott, I've been waiting to ask you this question: Do you now that you've seen three games of it, how do you feel about the DH on the Phillies on, in an International League stadium? Uh, it was fine. Um. Friday night. Did you truly notice it? Like in a certain situation not, when the nine-hole came, hitter came up, did you notice, oh, this would be where Aaron Nola would hit? No, not really. Uh, Friday, Friday, Sunday, the DH was 
pointless for the Phillies. They didn't do anything. But Saturday, uh, journeyman Phil Gosselin got thrown into the DH spot and hit two home runs. Was a huge part of their you know win. Without that DH spot, he's not getting into the lineup. So, and Joe Girardi said it after the game. He said, Phil looked, made me look really, really smart today for putting him in the lineup. And I guess at points, finding that right guy in that DH spot in the National League for the National League teams is going to be huge because you can kind of move people around and see, you know, who's going to click in the right spot. And for Saturday, it was Phil Gosselin. Another night, it could be, I don't know. But, um, I, yeah, I didn't notice it really. Um, it definitely helps. More offense is what everybody, you know, preaches to it. Um, so it's probably going to work out. I'll get used to it, and it's probably going to be here to stay at this point. And it's definitely going to feel and act and see, seem more natural for a National League team when they have an off offseason to build a roster with a DH because they built their rosters this offseason under the circumstance that it'll be a normal season and National League would have a pitcher's hit. And then out of nowhere, this pandemic hits, and all of a sudden there's a DH. So moving forward in the future, in future off-seasons, you can build your roster and construct it with a DH, and then it'll seem more natural, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you, we've talked about it. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but, like, players like J.D. Martinez now has an opportunity if he – because I think he can opt out of his contract in Boston – before 15 he, more teams exactly he has more opportunities to go find somewhere to play after if he decides to leave that contract because before he was stuck in the american league same thing with nelson cruz like at this point guys at dh and he's phenomenal still as we saw this past weekend but if he continues to play past this year he has you know there's more jobs now in baseball because of adding this DH. And one other thing, and then I'm going to throw it to Ty and Cash, the Mets with Cespedes, he wouldn't be able to play right now if there wasn't a DH. And he ha- now there is a DH, and he hits a home run on opening day and wins the game. So it, it just adds jobs, and I, I think I don't see a negative to it not staying uh, going forward. Ty, Cash, your um, just analysis of one week through on the Major League Baseball season from what you've seen on the field, coronavirus aside? Look, I think, it, I think it's great. I'm, it, it feels right to just – like I, I've been down the shore. I'm not at home. Um, it, it, I mean, I don't really have much to do. Like, I ever, it kind of just feels timeless to me. So, like, just being, like, on vacation of sorts and just sitting and watching baseball and having it back, it just feels so relaxing and it feels good to be back. And – I mean, going off what Scott said about the cardboard cutouts, like it, it, it doesn't really bother me. Like, I think it's kind of interesting. I think it's kind of cool. Like, obviously, you know that they're cardboard cutouts, but like, it's not a huge deal. Like, it's, it's coronavirus, pandemic baseball. Like, it's the product on the field it's, it's is harmless. the same. Like, I think it's cool. Like, and me personally, I don't really notice the crowd noise. Like, I, I don't really care. I'm more of a listen to the announcers kind of guy. Like. If my, like my brother's notorious for just talking through everything that's on TV and like I sh- constantly like shush people because like I love just listening to the announcers and picking stuff up so like the background noise of the game just doesn't really do it for me like I don't really care much like I don't really notice earlier today like it was the um 
was the White Sox versus the Indians. Like, I was on my phone. I placed a bet on the White Sox. They ended up losing. They couldn't score with the bases loaded. But I'm sitting there just, like, pounding, like, the cheer button for the White Sox. Like, I don't know what it does, but, like, I was getting involved in it. And, like, yeah, like, it, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm happy baseball's back. And however long we get it for, hopefully it's a full season. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm ready. Good baseball. I mean, 10th inning thing is not as bad as I thought, to be honest. It, it's weird. It's not Major League Baseball, but – I, I thought it was pretty cool, and both teams get a shot. So, hey, why not? You got to execute. And it really stresses the importance of having a good back end of your bullpen. Now, Cash, you work for the minors, and, you, and both Major League Baseball and the minors are doing different things for the extra innings. So what, are your th- what were your thoughts on the extra innings this weekend? Uh, well, I didn't, get a lo- I didn't get to watch a lot of MLB baseball. We're, we're, we have games uh, Thursday through Sunday. So I caught a few innings of Yankees baseball. I caught a few innings of Braves baseball. I'm watching uh, the Braves now as we speak, but – um, it's obviously nice to have it back. Uh, when it comes to extra innings, you know, the miners had that guy on second rule last year. And as I've mentioned on here before, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it permanently, but I did think it was cool. You know, it's a lot of, uh, um, focus on the managers. You got to be able to manage well. And like Tyler said, a big being, having a good back end of the bullpen is really important. Um, you're pitching with a lot of pressure from the get go. So, um, I think it's really cool. Uh, what we're doing this year in our league is instead of extra innings, we got um, a home run derby, and it actually went to a home run derby on opening night for us. Um, we played uh, minors play the Cardinals, and uh, on opening night it was tied. I believe it was four four going into the home run derby, and uh, an L scheme was brought out, and the Cardinals hit first, and you get to pick any player you want. Had five swings, uh, he went zero for five, hitting any home runs. So the minors then. Uh, got to rebuttal and he had they picked anyone they want with five swings and on the second pitch he uh blasted one over the left field wall and it was it was really cool the fans seemed to like it it was something different um and it's something that we just don't want to have extra innings because you know we it's a shortened season it's something different we wanted to try you know and um we don't have a ton of pitching on either neither all six teams really none of us has a lot of a ton of pitching so uh, taking a little bit of stress off the arms is, is definitely a good thing. So in the in the box score on the final score, it's five it was, four. It, it was five four. Yeah. So if the f- opposing team hits like four home runs and then you guys hit five, would it have been nine eight? Like yes, each I believe one so. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. So it's like a shootout in hockey. Essentially, yep. Yeah. So if you score three goals in a shootout and win, it's just the one goal in the box. I think. Well, no, yeah, so it's not hockey like hockey then. I'm not like – oh, wait. So how many <laughs> so, runs is So there? if the Cardinals scored four runs, I believe it would have been another four runs. Oh, okay. Then it's not I like believe. hockey at all. I don't know. We only hit one home run. Um, okay. Hopefully we get another shot at it. I think it'd be, it's really cool to watch. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, – yeah, it's an interesting concept uh, to, to watch. I bet it, it is entertaining for the fans. Yeah, it's definitely entertaining. I don't think um, – you know, for a permanent thing, you know, this is a league, like I said, that we're just, we just want to watch baseball. We want it to get it together. Um, so for this year, it's really not a problem, but in the future, when the league really does matter and every game is so important, especially in a league as close as what we're in, um, it, it's not a good way to determine the outcome of a game. It's a good way to see who's got better power, but it's not a good way to determine who's a better team. So 
Now, going back to Major League Baseball and the second runner on second base, we saw a couple. We saw the Angels and Athletics on opening night, and I did on a walk-off Grand Slam, which is always exciting. Um, it was kind of awkward, a walk-off Grand Slam, and it's quiet because there's no fans. And it was, it was, it was like a weird kind of eerie kind of feeling. And then the Mets and Braves um, on the second game of the season went to extra innings with the runner on second. It, it's – I wouldn't like it in a normal circumstance, and – but – it's I don't. It's not the end of the world to me. Now the Yankees are going to lose a game in extra innings this year. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to say I hate it and that's stupid. But but then they'll win one using it. But too, then they'll so. win. I don't think it's fine. Now I thought it was interesting. Um, pre before the season started, right before and even during the season, I think Mike Clevenger on the Indians said something about how they hate it. Um, it it's really not fair to the relief pitchers, and it's not fair to their ERAs and their not an earned run. Line. Oh, is it not? It's not. No. no. Because that oh, runner's wow. placed there. Never mind. So. But it, 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 it puts it's them a in a rough spot. spot. It's, it's a, a rough spot. spot. I mean, in I that would, first If I was a reliever, night, I'd despise it. I wouldn't like oh, it. Oh, absolutely. I would hate it too. And that first night, we saw we saw the walk-off grand slam by the A's. But in the top of that 10th inning, we saw horrific base running from public enemy number one in this our group chat of Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. On getting thrown Terrible. out at third base on, a, a, baseball on a ground ball to first base. You never see that throw, and he was out by a mile. Um, and then terrible pitching from the Angels in the bottom half to load up the bases for Matt Olson to hit that bomb. Um, but then it was great on Saturday when the Mets blew the game. Edwin Diaz, who's been horrific for the Mets since they've gotten him, uh, blew another game. Can we game talk about him really quick? Uh, can sure. we talk about him later because he's one of my losers? Okay. Let, All, right. All right. We can do that. Yeah, he, he sunk up the joint, and then in the 10th inning, the Braves just kind of started hitting the baseball, and they kind of blew the game open, which was uh, pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, I would agree. I don't love its concept. I really hope we don't see it in the future. Um, I'd like more traditional finish to the game. I would be more on board with it if we started it in, like, the 12th inning instead mm-hmm. of right away. Like, play two – Extra innings, normal. See what happens, and then go to it. I mean, the, the whole point of it is to get people out of the stadium. So I feel like the sooner they do it, the better from a public safety kind of standpoint. But, yeah, it would probably be better 12th and on. But um, both games ended at, in the 10th. And I think the Rays and Blue Jays also had an extra inning game. Ended in the 10th inning. So it, it's work, it, the purpose of it is working. Cash, I'm sorry I yelled at you. We can talk about Edwin, Edwin Diaz and how bad oh, it's he is. It's all right. We'll, we'll, uh, we can talk about it later. It's no. all right. All right. I gave you the option. No. Um, other performances we can talk about. We can talk about the Yankees series. Um, Carlos Stanton in the first two games hit absolute bombs in both games. And A-Rod said this on the opening night broadcast. Having no fans is a benefit to him because he doesn't have, you know, Yankee fans like ta- taunting him every two seconds. And I think that's a I think that's a good point by him. Yeah, but that's um, also a problem. It could, it, it, yes, it is a problem for future years when there are fans. But you know, first two games, tremendous production from Stanton. He got a clutch hit in op- in opening day after the home run to drive in a run. Um, his performance and the way he hits, especially later in the season in the playoffs, are going to dictate how far the Yankees go in the playoffs. Because remember, he stopped hitting. He got hurt. He in the last year's playoffs and the Yankees offense died too. 
So he's kind of like this generation of Alex Rodriguez. Uh, the, Yankee, the year the Yankees won during the A-Rod era was the one postseason where he went off. Giancarlo Stanton's kind of the same kind of guy. He needs to perform. It doesn't matter because Judge and Glaber is, are going to show up and LeMahieu is going to show up. But Stan needs to be the guy, especially in October, and I think it's a good start for him. Yeah, he had a huge series. Uh, that home run he hit off of Scherzer was an absolute missile. Um, was it 121 miles an hour off the bat mm-hmm. and went like 460 or whatever? It mm-hmm. was an absolute bomb. So I mean, it was a great. Night, it was 480. Yeah, like great start for him. You'd love to see that as a Yankee fan, especially with that contract that he has coming off of the injuries of last year. Um, unfortunate opening night got shortened by rain, but great start by Garrett Cole. After that first inning, he settled in and dominated, which looked good. Um, and then they won Sunday as well, the Yankees. Glaber had yes, the Glaber big hit up. to put him ahead. Um, so as a Yankee, if, if you know, as a Yankee fan, I'd be encouraged at this start of the year. Uh, the only real negative was the performance by Paxton on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, was shaky. Hopefully he can bounce back moving forward to get his velocity back because um, he'll be huge for them. He's He was a big you know, piece that they went out and acquired. So hopefully you know, he can bounce back and help out. But encouraging weekend for the Yankees, I would say. Yeah, and Tyler, the Paxton start was troubling, but if the Yankees want to go far, they have Cole. That's the number one. He's going to be lights out. Even when he doesn't have like lights out stuff on opening day, he still throws five shutout innings of one-hit ball, but they need that second guy. Tanaka is going to come back eventually, maybe by the Red Sox series this weekend, but they really do need packs in the pitch well. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, now, Twitter was pretty much going crazy when Paxton was going. Like, they were blowing him up saying, he stinks, he's this, he's that. This guy just had, like, lower back surgery. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of baseball fans, don't understand what they're actually watching when they watch baseball. It's not like an MLB The Show franchise mode where a guy's got a back injury. And then he serves his time and he comes back and his, his attributes haven't changed and he's still throwing 98, 99. Like people miss the human element of baseball where the, like this guy literally had his back cut open and is now rehabbing back and arguably came back a little too early. And his velocity was down. Like he usually gets upwards of 96, 97 on his fastball. And he wasn't getting any higher than about 92 um, during his start. And, it's it's we're at a point in time in baseball where you're not going to get by with that fastball um regardless lefty or righty like you used to be able to get away with kind of being crafty and that but that's not how i mean we saw cc sabathia kind of rework himself and reinvent his arsenal but that's not who paxton is at this point in his career his fast paxton's fastball is huge for him like he relies on that he throws it up in the zone he throws it up and out he gets swings and misses and then he uses that to kind of break off and throw his other pitches. And when his fastball is not working, he's going to struggle. And then that's what people have to understand. So once he gets his velo back up, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but I, I mean, I also want to mention Gary Sanchez. Guy doesn't have a single hit yet. I don't want to be too critical, but he doesn't even like look good while doing it. And it's, I mean, when when he's, it's, when it's a little concerning. He's really bad when he's not on. Yeah, I, look, I'm, however, behind the plate, he looks good. He looks yeah, a lot fun. better than 
he has in the past. And uh, that's encouraging. He looks slimmer. He looks more athletic behind the plate. Uh, He has this new um, crouch where he's on a knee. Allows him to frame frame pitches better. The -hmm. one thing is he's struggling. And when when he's struggling, that slider down the way, he'll just wave over it every single time. Yep, I just want to quickly plug um, Matt Rebusel's blog. It's on CapsOnSports.com. Um, he actually wrote a blog about Gary Sanchez and how the transformation of him behind the plate um, could be attributed to the guy who is now the Yankees uh, catcher's coach. Um, he transformed Mitch Garver in, in Minnesota. Um, and clearly he's been working with Gary. And even after one series, we've, we've seen the results of it. So um, go check that out. It's actually a really, really good read. Um, I enjoyed it myself. So, yeah, go check it out. Now, the Yankees, they won the opening day we talked about. Then we talked about Paxton. Sunday came along, and they were basically getting shut down by Patrick Corbin. And then Glaber hits a home run, Voight hits a home run, and Glaber comes up with a single. And just like that, the Yankees win a game where they really should have lost. And it it speaks to the lineup. They can strike at any time. Yeah, but that's what scares me, is that they can't score runs unless it's a home run. And that's a problem. And it's been a problem, and it'll continue to be a problem until they can score. But they got that last run on You're building up a rally. There. Well, You're not how's right that? there. No, why? Why? Game one, Judge, RBI double. Stanton, uh, extremely great seeing eye poke to right field, RBI single. What, what, like, it's three games, and you're going to say they can't score if it's not from the long ball? Well, Come on. That's what, his, that's like, what history tells me. It's not history. It's just unfair. Of course it's history, That's absolutely Tyler. unfair. No, I'm, I'm not buying into that at this point. You're saying they can't score if it's not for I'm the not long gonna, it is what, But you can say that yeah. about the entire league. The entire league is predicated on the home run. First okay. game of the season, you saw Tyler Wade create two, di- two different runs with his legs. One, scoring from first on that judge double to left, um, to left field, which is unbelievable. I was shocked that he was even rounding third. Like, they showed the camera angle, and I thought he was just rounding second, going to third, but no, he was scoring. And, like, these are the little things where, like, you, that, they win baseball games, and the fact that you're saying that the Yankees cannot score runs with if it's not for the long ball is just wildly unfair. Okay. That lineup is deep, and they're not only going to hit home runs. Okay. I want to I want to throw one more note out there from uh, opening night for Yankees Nats. Was it? It was the most viewed baseball game in ten yeah. years, which was huge. Uh, Four I, million people, I heard. Which is awesome for Major League Baseball. Unfortunately, you know, it was shortened by the rain, but that's a huge thing to have a huge viewing um, on a Major League Baseball game. Um, Hopefully they can kind of keep that momentum. Obviously they're not going to get that every single night, but um, and pretty more competition are going to start. Again. Yeah, exactly. More competition will be coming with the NHL starting up this week. Um, NBA starting up this week, um, but big, that's a big moment for major league baseball. I want to also go to one more thing. Uh, Ty mentioned something about people not being able to get by on craftiness. We did get to see that though this weekend with uh, Kyle Hendricks in it was Chicago. Fantastic, unbelievable! Phenomenal. That was really fun to watch. Complete game, three hit shutout on opening day. You don't see that very often. Um, you could liken him to a Greg Maddox. Um, the, the performance was phenomenal. The guy was lights out two years ago. He struggled last year, um, but to see it's him not a bad pitch, team he did it against too. The Brewers no, are a good. The Brewers are a good team. So. To go out there on opening day to pitch like that, um, absolute 
amazing performance from him. We saw it today also. I mean, yesterday, if you're listening to it on the day the podcast drops, but for the Indians today in the matinee, well, I think it was a 345 game, Aaron Saval, Savali, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He didn't throw a single fastball until his 38th pitch of the game. He ended up throwing crazy. He ended up throwing up in the high 90s um, pitch wise, and he was slowly relying or solely relying on cutter, curveball, changeup the entire game. That's it. Yeah, it's and he got by. Awesome. And, and he and was he he's was effective. he pounding the zone with strikes or was it pounding the nip? corners like you would not believe? Extremely frustrating as a hitter when somebody's not throwing hard at all and you still can't hit. You're extremely off balance. Yep. It, it's worse than getting blown away by a hundred mile an hour fastball because you can respect that as a hitter when a hundred's coming at you but when it's like 86 87 like Hendricks you walk back to the dugout like how the hell did I not hit that yep. so. especially Kendricks I was looking at his or Hendricks I was looking at his stats he threw 103 pitches 74 of them were strikes and That's I absurd. love I love this is his managerial debut David Ross and he went out there with two outs and he said do you want the ball and he's and Hendricks said yes that's big for a team to get to trust their manager when he leaves his guy in like that. So I think that was good. Yeah. And there's probably there that dynamic there where Ross played a big role on that team when they won the world series in 16, they all have that relationship with him already. I know when I first heard that they were hiring him, I was a little skeptical on that hire Mm because I thought how many people, how many guys on this team are going to respect him as, their manager as the guy in charge they might have respected him as a teammate as a friend but it was a completely little completely different yeah it's, it's a completely different, different relationship he's once he's you know in in charge of you mm-hmm. um but for him to go out there in that spot for hendrix that gives him a lot of confidence that hypes him up um got to finish out that game um so maybe it's a good hire for the Cubs. David Ross seems to be a popular, knowledgeable baseball guy. So now we've we've Scott, we've seen a situation like that go the other way, where it doesn't work with the relationship. I remember reading um, Jorge Posada's book. He loved Girardi. He was like a mentor and a friend when they were teammates together. And then when Girardi became the manager of the Yankees, their relationship kind of soured because it was towards the end of Posada's career. And Girardi had to make some decisions about where he hits the lineup, take him out of the catcher's role, and it kind of soured their relationship. So it, it's not easy to have a manager or a boss as your, who was once your friend. So it, it's, it was a good start for Ross to have the back of Hendricks there and have him go out in the ninth inning. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. So speaking of Joe Girardi, we'll talk about the Phillies now. We talked about the Corona situation, but let's talk about the Phillies on the field. Scott, after opening day, texted all of, all of us in the group chat saying the season's over and the Phillies suck, and they ended up losing two out of three to the Marlins. So, Scott, what happened? What's going on with that bullpen? Ooh, uh, there's not a single guy I trust out of that bullpen outside of Hector Neris, and even him, he's very questionable. Aaron Nola threw great Friday night to start the season, um, but in the sixth inning, they pulled him and brought in a guy named Ramon Rosso. I've never heard of Ramon Rosso before. He was – he came through the system. Uh, he was released after one year in the Dodgers minor league system, and I thought to myself, once I saw that, if the Dodgers don't believe in a guy, why should the Phillies? 
Because if the Dodgers are going to let a guy go after one year in their system, they have one of the best farm systems in baseball. There's clearly something that isn't great about this guy. He came in, couldn't throw a strike. Um, then they brought in a couple other guys who just had – they're showing their stats from last year, 9 ERA, 6.7 ERA. It's like they didn't – they decided to go with youth in this bullpen for this season. They had some veteran guys in their bullpen that during the camp that they let go, which I'd much rather have. Um could have gone out and signed people in the offseason. They spent no money on the bullpen. It's just bad. It, it's it's really, really bad. And when then when the team doesn't hit, it doesn't help. So it was a frustrating, frustrating weekend. On Sunday, they had the bases loaded three times and scored zero runs. Mm. That's unacceptable. You can't you can have that happen once. But you can't have it two, three times. And I believe the big guys team. were up too in those situations. There were a couple spots. Harper, Harper and Hoskins both walked both times to load the bases. And then like JT Romuto got out. And I know Dee lined the, out to center field in one. Yeah. There, like it was just, it was so frustrating to watch them not be able to come up in big spots. At one point, the Marlins had a guy in who had never pitched above single A baseball. Making making his major league debut, and the Phillies could not score off of him. That's that's troubling for me. Now, do you but, think it's an isolated incident, or do you think that's a problem going forward with the hitting with the offense? Well, because you look at their lineup, they have dudes that can rake. Yeah, historically, the Phillies have always done this to me. They don't hit with runners in scoring position, but those are different teams. Those teams yeah. are gone. This is a new lineup. Didi Gregorius was phenomenal this weekend. He lengthens the lineup. Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto are going to hit. McCutcheon, Segura. McCutcheon, he's, he's, McCutcheon's coming back off the ACL injury, so he's not 100% yet, I don't think. Um, but, yes, Gene Segura was a nothing this weekend. Um, but it's a good lineup, so I'm hoping that it's an isolated situation. I, I kind of hope that Joe Girardi went in there and lit a fire under their ass after this weekend because they stunk. They definitely embarrassed him with the way that they performed. Um, so I'm hoping, 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 hoping it was isolated and moving forward Friday against the Blue Jays. We see a new team and we start, we start the season fresh. We get to think about things and we get to restart a little bit here. Yeah, I, I think the offense will be fine. I think the bullpen is an is, is the issue that you need to worry about going forward the rest of this abbreviated season. Um, going around the league a little bit more, uh, Cash, Tyler, whoever wants to jump in, go ahead. Any other headlines strike your interest this week? Um, Any other teams? Not necessarily. I mean, if, nothing I haven't touched on already in this yeah. episode. Um, actually, and I'm not trolling, this is – and uh, I didn't actually think he was this bad, but Shohei Otani really struggled. Um, this is going uh, to light a fire under tie. All I said was I'm not trolling. He struggled. He didn't get an out. He I'll, gave happily four runs. I'll happily do it. I'll happily do it. I mean, I, yeah, I, he, he definitely struggled. He struggled big time. Sunday. Yeah. But he's – you. we can't Glenn deny the what surpri- you Glenn asked me what surprised me, and I said what surprised me. That's yeah, it. it was surprising. The talent is there. 
we can have that argument another time. But yeah, he definitely struggled. It wasn't a good performance for him his first time out since 2018. That that is a fact. I didn't sigh because I disagreed with you. I sighed because I had I just had like this like flash in my brain go off that's like oh we just had an hour and a half episode and we're about to go down the same road again with this argument (laughs) no i'm just it was rough i mean it wasn't a good performance i'm just that's all i'll say everyone knows my opinion on him anyway just like paxton i mean he he's coming back from i mean the last time he was on a major league mound was 2018 and but these things happen and he wasn't facing a bad lineup either i mean the a's are the a's i mean they they were struggling to score runs but I mean, he couldn't find the strike zone. I think it was more of a control thing. His VLO was down. Um, I don't know. Once these guys get built back up, I think him and Paxton will both be fine. I have the got to uh, be fine, or the Angels are actually in trouble. I have the standings in front of me because in a season like this, you can look at the standings only a series in. Um, a team that really surprised Not only me. this season, Glenn. Yeah, that's true. I look at the standings on opening day every season. A team that really surprised me this week was the San Diego Padres. They played really good baseball. I don't know if you guys stayed Mm -hmm. up to watch any Padres action, but they have some good players. They have Fernando Tatis Jr., they have Hosmer, they have Machado. They took three of four from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think that's a team you got to watch out for in a season like this. I'm with you there because I I bet the Padres tonight. um, I I think they just have that, like, Spark they just have team. a vibe to me. Like, I can't explain yeah. it. I'm not sold on their pitching right now mm-hmm. going forward, especially against the top teams in the West. But, you know, they can make some noise. And especially with this playoff format with 16 teams instead of 10, they can easily sneak in, in my opinion, because other know. teams that are in the running for that wildcard um, series or whatever you want to call it this year, a team like Philadelphia or Milwaukee, those teams really struggled this opening. The Mets, they really struggled this opening weekend, and the Padres looked really, really good. And on that note about the Padres, Eric Hosmer has struggled since he got to San Diego, and through a series, he looks good. He looks like he's back to Royals, Eric Hosmer, um, World Series run Eric Hosmer, and that couldn't be more important for that team, to have a lefty bat like that to kind of split up not that he bats in between them necessarily, but to um, just kind of add some diversity between Tatis, uh, Machado, um, even the addition of Tommy Pham. Like he showed some flashes in in the Rays. Like it, you need a good lefty bat like that. And they lost their big guys. Like I mean, their power guys. Like um, what's his face? Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Uh, Franmil Reyes. Like th- these guys are the ones. Are they hit baseballs out of the park? And we we need more power in in San Diego. And I think. That's something that Hosmer can bring. He's a gap-to-gap guy. He can put the ball out 20 times a year. So it's pitcher's park. But I think I think it would be good for baseball if an NL West team not surpassed the Dodgers but gave them a little bit of a, of a problem. And mm-hmm. I think in 60 games, the Padres can do it. Um, I like their squad. Uh, moving on throughout the league, a team that did not look good and made me very happy was the Red Sox, losing two out of three to Baltimore of all teams. They look terrible. Other than Evaldi, they don't have – anyone to pitch yep. they, they look so bad i don't even know who started the game for them today they don't look like they look like a shell of themselves of a team that won 108 games two years ago they look terrible yeah they, the they mets were five bad. one right now in the bottom of the fifth and they lost to the mets yesterday as well yep. like seven to one i believe the red sox made me feel a lot better about the they do make me feel better about the phillies because losing to the they Orioles shouldn't. is even, they shouldn't even worse 
Yeah, but you, you don't have the same expectations that Red Sox fans should have this year. I don't think the Red Sox had expectations this year. I know you yeah, did. But Scott does. Was my I point. have expectations oh, for the Phillies. Yeah, I, okay. I, I misunderstood but, what you said. I'm yeah, I, I'm absolutely disappointed, but looking at what the Red Sox did and losing to the Orioles is pretty embarrassing. Glenn mentioned it. Outside of Ivaldi, there's no starting pitching on that team, especially with Eduardo Rodriguez um, first battling COVID, um, and then recently with the the heart issue that they're trying to figure out for him right now. Nobody can start on that team. They have a couple decent relievers in Matt Barnes and Brandon Workman, but other than that, there's not a ton there. And then – they just didn't hit really at all this weekend. Other than uh, the opening day when they scored like 14. Yeah, they did. Okay, oh, you're right. Opening day, they did hit. But but since then, the looked, two games they lost against Baltimore and the two games now against the Mets, they aren't hitting. And that's a team that bad. can hit. They still have guys yeah. in their lineup. The problem yeah, is, was, and we've played baseball our entire lives, when you are behind all the time and you're never given an opportunity by your starting pitchers to get ahead and get a lead, it, it's hard to play comeback no matter how good your offense is. And, Cash, I know you had the Red Sox in second place last week in our prediction show. Uh, they, it, it's hard. It's hard when you have no pitching. Yeah, the Rays look really good, too. So that's yes, the Rays. I mean, I'm not going to go back on what I said because I don't do that. But um, it don't look good for my prediction, I'll tell you that. But no. we're three games in, and everyone likes to overreact. So let's, uh, let's keep it calm and uh, – Maybe they'll pull through. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. I mean, they can always get a surprise pitching performance by someone each night. And it's going to be tough for them, regardless, to compete with the Yankees and the Rays, who are, what, 3-1? and one? They're playing Atlanta now. I'm not sure what the score is. You're 5-1, first and second. Nobody out in the top and seventh. Uh, the Rays. The Rays. The Rays are a good team. They look, if they hold on, they'll be 4-1, and one, and they have good pitching. Glass now was very, very good yesterday. He's my Cy Young pick. I'm feeling good about that. Um, that's a team that's that's going to be re- that's a force to be reckoned with in the American League. I mean, they won 97 games last year. They took the Astros to five games. They were a game away from the ALCS playing the Yankees. They're a good team. You shouldn't sleep on them. Yeah, yeah, I, I like the race. They're, they're, sure. They'll be good. And then one more, one more team. Uh, the Twins. They hit the ball. Yes. Mm-hmm. They, How about they Nelson hit, Cruz, four, no, 40 years old, three home runs already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely mashing the ball. Max Kepler opening day hit two home runs. In two innings. Yeah, they, they did it last year. They set the record for a home run a season. They're obviously not going to do that this year with the shortened amount of time that they have, but they're going to hit. They're going to hit, they're going to hit, and they're going to hit a little bit more. If they can get a decent amount of pitching, the Twins will be a threat uh, this year. And staying in the AL Central for one second before we do winners and losers, the Cleveland Indians started 3-1, and one, taking a series from uh, Kansas City. They're currently leading the White Sox 5-1 to one on my TV right here. They're a good team too. And with this playoff expansion, the top two teams in each division make it. So the Indians, who missed the playoffs last year after winning 93 games – Still not making it. That's a good start, especially with Kluber out, who got hurt uh, in in his debut for Texas, and no Bauer. They're still still a pretty good team. Carrasco pitching well. They have Lindor still, at least for the time being. Um, there's a lot of lot of competition in the American League. 
Yeah, Indians looked good. I thought they were going to be bad. It's still early, obviously, but Shane Bieber went out opening day, had 14 strikeouts. Um, and Yeah, they still have Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana. Um, and their weak division will probably get them into the playoffs. Um, yeah, they looked good. Um, so we'll see what happens moving forward. I still think the Twins are the better team. Um, but, yeah. All right. Let's do winners and losers of the week. I'm going to start it off with Cash. Cash, who's your big winner this week? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Garrett Cole. Uh, you know, he only pitched five, but, you know, as he was texting with his wife uh, during the rain delay, he said, I can't believe I'm actually going to pitch a complete game one hitter in my dream uniform, which is pretty cool. So uh, Garrett Cole is my winner of the week. He was great. I mean, yeah. he didn't have his good stuff at all. Like, I would probably say he – didn't have good stuff. He had his bad stuff, and he still battled, and he he went five, no runs, one hit. I mean, it reminded me of the start he had against the Yankees in the playoffs last year when the Yankees had runners on constantly. They were constantly beating, knocking on the door to score a bunch of runs, and he never, never broke. Um, he's that kind of guy. He's the guy that the Yankees have needed for years, a guy that can just absolutely shut down a lineup. And yeah, he was, he's definitely my winner of the week. He looks great. He's exactly what the Yankees have needed he, for about He looked five. great, like you said, without his stuff, and that's, that's impressive. Yeah. That's not easy to do. So. And it's, even, it's more impressive to pitch well when you don't have good stuff than to throw a nine-hitting complete game shutout with your greatest stuff. I feel like that's more of an impressive feat when you can get by a lineup, a good lineup like the Nationals, even, with, without, even without Soto, getting through that lineup through five innings – and not giving up anything, even though you were constantly behind. Your fastball command was a little bit off. Um, he gave up a home run to eat in the first inning. He never, ever let that bother him, and he pitched really well. So he's a big winner. Thanks, Cash. All right, Tyler, who's your winner? Uh, my winner of the week are baseball fans collectively. Um, All right. We got some stuff. to. We got some baseball to watch. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I touched on it enough um, in my little – recap spiel from a fan's perspective earlier in the episode but yeah look it's just good to have something back to watch and i'm glad so we're all winners this weekend scott who's your big winner i like that pick ty uh my winner of the week is uh daniel bard yeah okay uh, got his very good got pick. his good pick first first win in the major league since 2013 or 2012 first appearance in the big league since 2013 i wrote down some stats um, he fell apart in Boston. We all know that. He went down in the minor leagues. At one point, he pitched a third of an inning over four appearances and faced 18 batters, walked nine, hit seven of them, struck out one, and then got a line out and had 13 earned runs in that third of an inning. Does anybody know what his ERA would be? 99. 175.5 VRA. Oh I didn't even and know then, it goes that high. I thought it just went up to 99. And then the last two years, he's served as a mental skills coach for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, you know, I was reading, he was thrown with those guys, and he felt like he had it again, worked his way back, made the opening day roster for the, uh, for the Colorado Rockies, pitched an inning and a third on opening day. Got a strikeout and a win. Great for him. Journey back to the big leagues and looked good. He threw 20 out of 25 strikes. Was touching 99. So, uh, Daniel Bard, my winner of the week. 
That's great. That's a great story. I mean, so many people would have just quit. I would have quit. I feel like everyone in their right mind would have quit. He never did. And look where it got him. So that's a great story. That's one of the best stories I've heard this year in a year where we need good stories. My winner is the Baltimore Orioles because they are above 500 through three games. I don't think anyone thought they would be over 500 at all, even after one game. After three games, they are 2-1, and one, over 500. Their games got pushed back a few days because of this corona thing. So it's going to be almost like a full week where they are above 500. So good for them. That's big. I don't like this for my under 20 and a half wins <laughs> bet. They're like, a, they're 10% of the way there. I'm not a I don't know fan. how much longer they're playing the Yankees tomorrow and Thursday. So I hope it doesn't last that too much longer. But right now, as we speak on June, July, I'm sorry, July 28th, 2020, the Baltimore Orioles are above 500. If you told me that was going to be the case in January, I would not have believed you. So good for Baltimore over 500 point. in July. All right, now it's time for the losers. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, Cash. Phillies. Phillies losers. Bad. Bad. You, Not you good. Can't, you cannot. You cannot do that. That's bad. <laughs> you yeah, just I mean, need to see it. No, I. I no. It's bad. I'm sorry. I, Joe Girardi is the manager. It's not what you want. Scott, did he break that out yet? I don't think I heard him say that. After the two losses, I angrily turned off the TV real quick. Um, and not got you away can't, from it. You can't blow a four nothing lead to the Marlins. Like four yeah. runs isn't that much. It's one swing of the bat, but you, not to the Marlins. That's bad. You're playing high school baseball, you kids. You hate to see it. Goodbye. I agree. I'm with Cash. The Phillies were my loser of the week as well. Were they your they, loser? They they, they, really? they were embarrassed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I was so disgusted this weekend. They should be embarrassed for what they put out there on the field. All right, Tyler, what's, who's your loser? I've been laughing ever since you started the loser segment, and I was laughing when I thought of this like five minutes before I changed my pick. My loser of the week is Dr. Anthony Fauci for his opening day 50 cent S. We're going to do soapbox um, tie first again? pitch. No, not no. a soapbox pitch. It was just terrible. I, like, oh, it was a bad first pitch. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to talk about oh, his no, tie. Bad first Listen, pitch. You got to give him a break, all right? He He's wanted 90. the ball. He wanted the ball to be six feet away from the glove. All right. You got to give him a break. A he doesn't point. want the catcher to catch anything. So it, good for he's on brand. It's good. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, he's That's old. It. He's an old guy. Not that old. I mean, what's more embarrassing? His first pitch or 50 cent a few years ago? 50 cents because he's a young guy. I would say 50 cents. Yeah. Because I, for the same reasons. Yeah. How old is Anthony Fauci? Like 75. Ah, come on. It's still throw it relatively close to the catcher. All right, you know what? When you're 75, funny. when you're 75, I'm I'll throw be... baseball better than that. I promise I you, Glenn. You I can't. Oh, wait. I 100 percent promise you. Do you want to bet? I bet you I can touch 60 when I'm 75. Okay, I'll take that bet. All right, let's do it. All right, come on, Cord. Puke. We'll That'll be what 40 years from now. Yeah, give or take. Okay, 40 years from now, 42 years from now, we're gonna 37. But try we're gonna again. meet up. Oh no, I don't care. No, you're cur- no. We're both uh, wrong. Forget uh, it. Let's. Whatever. Regardless, a long you guys time are, from now. You guys are twenty-two. Yeah. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. And you're going. You're going for seventy-five. I thought it's, it's was fifty-three six. years. It's fifty-three 53. years. Come on, guys. I told you. I told you this morning. <laughs> I wasn't good at math. I was not good at math. Right, if loser... any future employer watches this, I swear I can use a calculator. <laughs> oh, big account, big accountant guy can't do math. Um. My loser is Edwin Diaz. We touched upon it before with cash. Edwin Diaz saved opening day for the Mets. 
and then was a strike away from saving the second game and Ozuna took him deep and the Mets ended up losing. This guy cannot be the closer. He can't. And yesterday yeah, so against the what's Red the Sox. Story? Why do they keep running Yesterday him out? against the Red Sox, they had Lugo close the game in a 7-4 game. And this guy can't close. Why do they keep running him out there? Because, I'll tell you why, because Brody Van Wagenen's big legacy trade is the Cano and Diaz trade to Seattle where he gave up that top prospect. What's his? Scott, you know his name. Jared, Jared Kalenic. Kalenic, who seems like yeah. a stud in the, in the making. So Brody Van Wagenen's under a lot of pressure for these two guys to play well. And Cano and Diaz have not. I can make him my loser too, but I'm not because it looks like the Mets are going to take the first two from Boston. So I can't make all of the Mets losers even though I want to, but this guy Diaz cannot close. And they have a pretty good um, alternative in uh, Justin Wilson, Adela Batantis, a uh, familiar who's been a closer or, or Lugo or Lugo who closed yesterday. The, the experiment for Diaz has to be over. He cannot close. He can't do it. Absolutely. He, he sure. stunk last year. He still stinks this year. I, I lived with a bunch of Met fans um, in college Um they get so nervous every time he comes in the game. They, they get nervous when Familia comes in the game, but I think Edwin Diaz is taking it to an all-new level for them. I sent this in the group chat on opening day when he had actually closed the game and got the save. I fully expected him to blow it. That's not the feeling you should have when your closer is on the mound. It's, no, you should feel he, confident. You're shocked. Over. When he converts the save, you're completely and utterly shocked. That's not good. He can't. He was very good in that one year he had in Seattle, but ever since Brody made that big trade, bringing in a ancient Robinson Cano and this guy, terrible, awful, can't do it. So those are our winners and losers of the week, and oh, it was a good segment. I like the segment. Does um, Cash have an enemy? Oh, do you have an enemy, Cash? Yeah, good. I do. Please tell me. Don Mattingly. Oh God! He couldn't take the 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 opportunity he had to to shut his team down. He had to throw. If you're gonna, th- I didn't know about him throwing his his uh, his guys under the bus until you said something. Um, because, like I said, I was working all weekend. I didn't see that. Uh, that's bad. That you don't want that as a manager. You don't want. Why would I want to play for Don Madden? He's gonna throw me under the bus. He should be taking the blame. Don Mattingly's a fraud. Like That's a shame. Fraud. I like Don Mattingly. He's a he's great a Yankees Yankee. legend. That's great, but as a manager, he's a fraud. I mean, didn't win with Los Angeles. Hasn't won with Miami, obviously. But I don't know. That that's my enemy of the week. Did did you want him to stop the game on Sunday? Is that what you wanted him to do, or just the if he knew the about the coronavirus outbreak? Then yes, Every, everyone have. did. We all knew. That's the whole thing. He should have put a stop to it. One last thing here in base hit ball four. Very exciting tonight. Actually, five minutes ago it started. The Astros and the Dodgers kick off a two-game set in Houston. Rematch from that infamous 2017 World Series um, where the Astros um, cheated their way to a world championship. Um, thoughts on that or any over-under on how many Astros get hit? What are your thoughts? I hope somebody gets hit in the helmet. <laughs> I do. I hope someone gets in the helmet. Well, they no have Dodgers. Walker Bueller, so that's not the guy uh, in terms of velocity that you want to get hit in the head with if you're an Astros player. Good. Hit him hard. I wonder who starts the second game for you. 
who starts the second game for Los Angeles. But this is one of the beauties of the 60-game season. Under normal circumstances, this series would not have happened. It's Dustin May. You don't want to get hit by Dustin May. So Bueller and May. <laughs> not good. The only might be the some only, bruised ribs. The uh, the saving grace for the Astros is neither of those pitchers are on the 2017 team. Bueller so was. Bueller was. Yeah, I thought yeah came that up was his eight. rookie year. I thought Bueller came up in 18. Okay, then you they might, might be right. Let me look it up. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. 2017. Oh, okay. He pitched in eight games. All right. Well, so he was. So uh, that's a, it's a big remembers. series. Two of the top teams in baseball and, of course, that World Series um, situation with the cheating. So what do you guys think? You guys think any Ash, uh, Astros are getting hit tonight? If it's a blowout, maybe. We're about to take the plate for the first time, so I hope so. I just don't think it's logical in a big game. Um, you don't want to give them extra base runners, but yeah, blowout situation. There might be somebody that gets hit. Um, hopefully, the Dodgers win this series. Stick it to them. Uh, they got the right guys. And the Dodgers are the Dodgers are pissed. I mean, if you remember in March with the spring training when they all came, they were ripping them apart. You know what's going to be great? There's no fans, eager. right? Yeah. So we're going to be able to hear what goes on in the field. It's going to be some yeah. chirping tonight. Yeah, it's going to be great. There's going to, there's going to be some hot mics on the field tonight. So that's very exciting. On Fox Sports 1, thank you for telling me that, Cash. I would have been very upset. Scott told you. You're I welcome. just laughed at you. Oh, you, Scott. Scott, you told me. You're I was welcome. so mad. But, you know, there, there will be baseball. And that's, I think that's the most important thing that no matter – despite everything that's gone on this week between bad play and a team with an outbreak, you never want to see that. But there is baseball back, and that's something to be happy for. So we will be back next week to dissect another week of Major League Baseball. For Tyler Blumenstick, Alex Cashman, Scott Roswell, my name is Glenn Denegris. Thank you for listening to Base Hitball 4, and we'll see you next Wednesday. This is Base Hit Ball 4.